investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The scenario is The Burning Stars. It was written by David Conyers, and it can be found in Terrors from Beyond. Our game master is Matthew Sanderson in this episode three. Our recap will be given by Mick Swan as his character, Guy Randall. So, without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Mick? Thanks, Tom. I've seen a lot in my time. Much of it bad, some of it rotten, and a fair bit of it bloody, but I don't think I've ever felt quite as out of my depth as I do right now. Yesterday I woke up, well, that's not quite right. I came to in a boarded up shack in a Haitian military hospital surrounded by strangers, four strangers, and Kessler, of course, at least I, I know him. Since then, it's been one bizarre thing after another. I've no memory of how we got here beyond a memo from the agency saying that we're working for this swell by the name of Sterling, who's looking for his missing son. He's accompanied by his daughter, her friend, and some hired muscle by the name of O'Neill. Supposedly, we arrived here a week ago, but it's all a blur to me. Eventually, we were able to persuade the head shrinker at the hospital to discharge us, but only after dealing with some hard-ass officer who seems to have an axe to grind. They sent us back to a hotel and things just got weirder from there. There are these gaps, blackouts, I suppose you call them. Every now and then I'm just somewhere else. And, well, not even just me, all six of us just keep losing time and not knowing how we got places. Anyway, We've started keeping notes, which is why I'm writing this. I'm not much of a literary man. I prefer to do my thinking with a bottle of rye, not a pen. But I'm hoping that keeping this journal might provide some inkling into what the hell is going on. So here goes. From the moment we got back to the hotel, things were screwy. The weirdo on the front desk was evasive. He couldn't seem to remember who we were until he saw some green and sorted out his own blackout, which is fine and all, but not what I'd expect for an, up, an upmarket joint like this. So eventually we get the keys and head up to our rooms, where it's pretty clear that someone has turned us over while we were in the nuthouse. Not obvious, maybe, but I know the signs and, yeah, someone's been in our rooms. Not to mention the fact that they left a little gift in Sterling's room. One of them fortune-telling cards, tarot, and a pretty creepy one, death card. It's gotta be a warning, I reckon. Keep your nose out or else. Here's the kicker though. That card was on the mirror in the bathroom when I shut the cabinet. And I swear to St. Mick, it weren't there when I opened that thing the first time. Sure put the wind up Sterling and his man and it ain't hard to see why. It looks like he's into some shady business of his own. Arms dealing by the look of it, all dressed up as farm machinery. But he ain't fooling no one. Jeez, what's Dirk got us into this time? Back in our room, we at least found that we brought our pistols, which came with some solace, although what anyone would want with a moth in a matchbox is anyone's guess. I went and took a shower to try and get this sweat off me while Dirk set to work assembling a shotgun. It seems he'd had the foresight to pack. Next thing I know, I'm fully dressed, sitting at dinner, and that big ape O'Neill's waving a piece about and looking like he's seen a ghost. That was when Dirk suggested that we should start taking notes. 
couldn't get much sense out of O'Neill. He said he'd been running an errand for Sullivan, picking up some spending money from the embassy. He'd been trying to shake a tail when he noticed that locals were looking at him funny, like that orderly looked at us when we were in the hospital. And next thing he knows, he's covered in blood and digging handfuls of shredded bloody passport out of his pockets. But when he told us this, he was clean, or as clean as a man can be in this goddamn sweatbox, and his passport was just fine. Miss Lucklin, the reporter, and Kessler traded theories about what might be causing the blackout. Some of it was pretty out there. Hell, all of it was nuts. How can six people all have blackouts at the same time? My money's on someone slipping us a mickey. I've been saying it all along, but how the hell they're getting us all doped at the same time is anyone's guess. Given that it was late afternoon and we felt we needed to do something to get some answers, we decided that we were going to pay a visit to this fortune teller woman on the other side of town, reasoning that she'd keep later hours than the library or the anthropologist mentioned in the same notes. Miss Lachlan suggested that we pay a visit to the local rag too, which strikes me as a good idea because there's something that doesn't ring true about that newspaper report, the one about the missing Americans. No one seems to know anything about them and Bodies don't just disappear without trace, not even in a place like this. Sterling got O'Neill to arrange some cabs and we set off across town to pay a call on this Madame Marie character. We decided it would probably be better if the ladies went in. Six angry Americans turning up unannounced ain't much of a way of getting someone to open up after all. So when we got there, that's exactly what we did. Miss Lachlan and Miss Sterling went into the place. Turns out it's in the back room of a bakery, but I guess that's how things go down here. While the rest of us took up perches in a likely looking dive to keep a lookout. Turns out I needn't have been so cagey because the old bird remembered me from last time, according to what the dames said when they came back. Fondly too, the way they tell it. They looked rattled too. She gave them a troubled reading, said that bad news was coming their way or our way, depending on how you look at it. Difficult times ahead, lots of warnings and stuff about pain and the devil. She knew we were looking for someone, and she didn't think much of our chances by the sound of it. One thing that didn't surprise me was that she was not at all happy to see that damn card from the hotel. The way they told it, she jumped halfway across the room, crossed herself that way they do, and told them straight out to burn it and get out. She didn't want to say any more just that she weren't no mambo and that'd be what we needed if we wanted to deal with it sounds like she was proper screwed up by seeing that thing they asked her if she knew a mambo whatever the hell that is and she just said to ask this egghead northeast so i guess it's him we need to pay a call on next looks like the newspaper offices are on the way so maybe we'll be able to get a line on those other americans whoever they were I don't hold much hope though. The local paper sounds a bit yellow to me still. It might be worth a try. No more blackouts so far. But I've got this feeling like there's someone out there or something and it needs to be dealt with. It's like waking up and trying to remember a dream. It's right on the edge of my mind as though the slightest thing might remind me what it is. I just can't quite seem to get there. Jeez, I hope I get paid well for this. I'm going to need a vacation. Somewhere nice and cold, maybe Canada. I've got an un uncle up in a place called Pardew Mills, wherever the hell that is. 
It's got to be better than this. Nice. Yeah, Pardew Mills is a lovely place this time of year. So I hear. <laughs> right, over to you guys then. So where we left it, I understand you're heading to the newspaper and then swinging back round, maybe calling in northeast before you go back to the hotel. Right. In which case, uh, I presume, again, uh, correct me if I've got any details wrong here, that you are taking the same two taxi cabs that you hired last time. Yes. Right. In which case, you can do, uh, again, one of those instances of the shortest red line across the map in the world as you go a few few blocks across town. And you arrive kind of on the slightly more affluent edge before it starts to not disintegrate but definitely before it starts to rapidly go downhill towards the docks so you are definitely on the western nicer end of town and yep you find the newspaper offices without any problem so this is the offices of the haiti progress and as amy would uh, would expect yep the lights are on and the place is still active i pay the cab the Adequate fee with a nice little tip, and I tell them to wait for us again. Sure, they are quite happy to wait for you. You are, you are giving them a good, reliable income. So, yep, they just say say the word. How long we'll we'll wait? Okay, and then you presumably head on inside. Uh, now, Miss Lachlan, uh, experienced with the rag biz as you are. Uh, obviously, you should be involved. I, I don't know if all six of us want to burst in on them. Anybody got opinions about that? I agree. And I think we might have to grease a few palms. So someone with a little cash on them might be helpful too. I'll go in if you need some greasing, let me know. But I think you should do the talking here. This is your world. Sure. And of course, I have to go in because he's going in. So. So the three of you? <laughs> the three of us, I guess. That way. Look, I guess we'll just stand out here and smoke. Yeah, and sweat. Sure, you, you got a light? <laughs> and if we hear any gun, gunshots, we'll be in. Here, I've got, oh wait, that's a, that's not, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong one. The, the dead moth is indeed, uh, indeed still in that box if, you've, if you're carrying it around. Donna, I told you, smoke the unfiltered ones. It invigorates the lungs, not that filtered stuff. Sure, yeah, I, I got it. But smoking's good for you. It's, it uh, fortifies your lungs, makes them nice mm. and rubbery. Miss Lachlan, why don't you lead the way, please? Yes. Do they have um, like a front desk area? It's not particularly grand, but they do have one. Sure. Um, um, I'll approach the person behind the desk um, and introduce myself, uh, kind of pull out my press credentials if I have anything like that and say, you know, my name is Amy Lachlan with the New York Pillar Repost. Um, I was hoping I could speak with the reporter who wrote the article about the Americans a few days ago. The, uh, the um, article detailed Americans being found in, uh, on the outskirts of town. Okay, the, uh, there's a, well, not a young man, but probably in his, you think, mid-twenties to 
maybe early 30s, um, who just looks at you coming in. He's reading a copy of the newspaper as you approach. Uh, doesn't say anything until you've finished and then responds in French. Of course. Uh, do you have any French? A little bit of French. Okay. Um, yeah, he just responds with, I don't speak English. Right. Um, should I roll for French then? Uh, you can give me a combination roll, actually, of French and Persuade. So whichever is the lower of the two. Okay. I also speak a little French. Ooh, that's actually a success. Just a regular success, but a success nonetheless. Oh, that, that's all you need. All right. In which case, you, you reiterate what you said in French, mm -hmm. uh, at which point he he's putting down the paper now, actually kind of interested in what you're saying. And he's kind of nodding along through the... Uh, through the speech is oh yes you'd uh, you'd want uh eugene uh the article's written by eugene valier uh, we've had a few people actually interested in this uh this piece and wanting to speak to him uh recently oh yes um, but, yeah, but he's, he's on a week's leave so he, he can't be contacted mm. at the minute would you would you happen to know what the uh the nature of the other people's interest was in it did they say uh they were from the american embassy Ah, I see. Interesting. I, um, I, you, kind of, you can see almost like the cogs turning behind his eyes. Um, a, uh, a major Medwin. Um, he came by with some, uh, some subordinates of his. I don't suppose Eugene keeps um, a record of the contacts that he makes when he does these articles, maybe um, so, some some other people that we could talk to that he spoke with about um, the article itself. Um, he kind of shrugs in a way that he says, "I, I presume he does." Um, I'm not too privy on the uh, the ins and outs of how the journalists work. Uh, I'm hoping one day I might get promoted and can do that some of that work myself rather than. Uh, do this kind of work. He kind of looks depressingly down at his desk. Pardon me for interjecting, but uh, do you by chance know where he got the, the story from? Oh, I wish. Uh, I understand he he got it from his sources. I understand that's, that's just the term he used. It's a term that a lot of the journalists use around here. But who, who they are, I, I don't know. I'm sorry, I can't be more help. In English, I turn to Amy and I say, find out if he has a workspace here and a desk and if we can look through it and how much it'll cost. Would we be able to look through Eugene's workspace or maybe talk to one of his uh, neighbors nearby at his desk and see if they know anything? Uh, well, I mean, there's, there's no one really, uh, none of the journalists are here this late. It's mostly the uh, the printing staff that are getting the edition ready for the morning. Um, it would be a little uh, ooh, a little unorthodox to to have you go up there. Um, but we can make it worth your while. Okay, uh, you can give me another. I won't, we won't bother with the French part of it because you've already successfully engaged sure. him in conversation. But if you want to give me your choice of either persuade or credit rating with a bonus die. I'll take persuade. <laughs> Is it credit rating with the bonus die or either one with the bonus die? Either one of them with a bonus. Okay. You said that, oh, that is a mad, that's a um, that's a hard success. Oh, you said that magic phrase of make it worth your while. 
so uh, you, you can almost subconsciously you can see his hand kind of going across the desk with the palm up and kind of looking the other way <laughs> uh, as if it as if it makes it more legitimate that he doesn't see it sure of course <laughs> So how, how much do you want to uh, want to give him? Three dollars, and I'll hand it to Amy to hand to him. All right, yeah, we'll get hand about, him over that. Yeah, about forty-five dollars equivalent. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, it's a five-to-one exchange rate for their uh, for their currency here. So five go—that's fifteen gold for him. So yeah, he, he takes that quite quickly and puts it in his pocket. Um. You know, I need to go and uh, have. Uh, I need to pay a visit to the uh, the, the little receptionist room. Uh, I can't have you uh, waiting around here on your own. That wouldn't be uh, that wouldn't be great. But if you want to uh, follow me quickly, I can I can show you through to somewhere that uh, where, you, where you can wait a bit more comfortably. That would be very kind of you. Thank you. And he, he waits for everyone coming up, uh, well behind him, and leads you upstairs to an area that Amy would be quite familiar with, uh, kind of an open plan uh, desk area where basically the doors, the desks are in a row, uh, typewriters laid out in front of them, various uh, bits of paper still stuck in them um, in various cases. Um, others where there's stacks of papers next to them. It's, it's all very familiar for a journalist, the world over, wherever you go. Mm -hmm. And he just casually indicates one of the desks as you go, um, as he goes pie, and just whistles his way off down to the other end of the room. Let's go have a look. Yeah, I think the three of us can each take a drawer, or a... Mm -hmm. sure. Okay, um, you won't need to do any spot hidden or anything here. The main thing is you you've got the desk. It's it can't be anywhere else other than here. Um, the unfortunate side effect is that having spent your three dollars, you rapidly come to the conclusion that this is a dead end. It looks like whatever notebooks he would have for his contacts, um, he has taken with him wherever he has gone. Very well. Is there a calendar? Maybe he has some go-to such and such, like a desk calendar? Yeah, I mean, you could... Pr that might be a way to get something here. So let me have a look back at the timeline also of events. And as far as I'm concerned, it, whatever price I have to pay monetarily to get my son back is nothing compared to his life. Mm -hmm. Very true. I'm also thinking if he has a blotter mm -hmm. for, uh, for mm -hmm. his ink to see if there's a reverse impression on there. Impression, mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Uh, it looks like the reports came to him on Tuesday, October the 28th. That's when it seems like he's been made aware of this and aside that from that it looks, uh, your admittance was that morning yes uh, yes yeah so that's the pretty much the same time that you were admitted is the same time that he has been informed of this as something that took place the day before you get the impression that perhaps somebody gave the information to the reporter so that he would write an article about missing people because let's we weren't missing. Let's find out the day the naval officer came here. Well, it would have been after he wrote the article. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. 
Now, Medwin came here on the 29th, so the day uh, after. I thought mm. Medwin might have been the one who told him, that's why. And it looks like Medwin came here looking for more information, pretty much doing what you're doing. It seemed to be he wanted to know the source of where this information came from. But again, whether he got it or not from the journalist while he was here, that's another case. I wonder why the guy's on leave. A little too convenient. Yeah, the, the desk calendar, um, having a look at that, um, has got a week blanked out uh, starting on the 30th. So that would be yesterday when you, as a guy put it, when you came to in the hospital. Uh, that's when he started leave. And it looks like that's been penciled in on his calendar for quite some time because it definitely seems a lot more, um, well, it's not penciled in, probably actually inked in on there. That looks a more older set of writing than um, other bits that are dotted here and there on the calendar. So it might just be a coincidence then that he's not here. Yeah, it, doesn't, find... it, doesn't like it doesn't look like it's anything nefarious. Can we, can we look around and see if there's anything that might accidentally show his home address? Um, give me a luck roll. See if he's got anything that's left there that would give you an idea where he lives. I got an 11. Okay. Yeah, so you, can yeah. Get his, you, you can get his home address then. It's not going to be too far from here. Okay. Uh, I've got his home address. Good work. And he doesn't have any appointments. Um like around the 28th, like talk to so-and-so or anything like that? Nothing that no? looks like okay. it would be dropped on the calendar. It's probably something right. that's come in and then he's immediately acted upon. Got it. Okay. I think this is as good as we're going to get here, though. Thanks. So I think you're right. Yeah. Both of you, good work. Now I'll go beat the guy up and get our money back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't. It uh, he, he comes back and uh, kind of whistles along to himself and kind of gives you a, a look as if uh, everything you you got everything you need mm -hmm. right and he promptly ushers you back down uh, stairs and says oh thank you thank you for that um but yeah sorry i couldn't be of any more help really we appreciate it all the same do you know where eugene went on vacation by chance uh yeah i think he's gone on a uh gone on a fishing tour mm. Okay. I think he's I think he's gone uh, not deep sea fishing because there isn't much uh, by way of deep sea in the uh, in the Bahamas, but he's he's headed up that way to uh, to go and see if he can bag himself a swordfish from what I hear. Mm. All right. Thank, Thank you so you. much. So if we're leaving, it's like well, or we can break into his house if he's not there. It's true. Well, we'll meet up with everyone and, and let them know that it's just kind of a dead end. Yeah. Oh well, they're they're out here somewhere, aren't yes. they? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, <clears throat> if he was tipped off the day we arrived, because I, I thought that we were recovered at the same time as that article said that six Americans were dead, but I guess I got that muddled. No. So they found the article was dated the day we were admitted. And the article said, like, last night, some Americans were found um, on the outskirts of town, bloodied and murdered, but we can't find their bodies. So 
it was around the right time frame. Like we were admitted the morning of 1028 on the evening of 1027, there was a rumor that Americans were found, their bodies were found out in the jungle. But we were in fact in the hospital and then the major came to find out more information about yes. us. Yes. So the major immediately knew that we weren't dead on the the mountainside. If it's if if in fact it's that we're the people that somebody just tried to cover up our disappearance. Well, if he specifically say six people. No, it just said some said Americans. It. it didn't say how many. Um, he came the day after we were admitted. He he asked that he came to the paper the day after we were admitted. So you know, verifies that we're here alive in his hospital and goes to figure out what, what else is going on, I guess. Plus he thinks that we killed those other people. Possibly. But I don't think he'd let us go. Well, it's also just that, you know, the parallel between a report of Americans murdered and then us stumbling mindlessly out of the jungle. Exactly. Looking worse for wear. If I remember correctly. An awful coincidence. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's see if we can get to this professor's mm -hmm. house yeah. before, uh, before it gets too dark. And also, we've got this guy's address. We can go by and see if he's home. Or at That's least if he left close. any of his notes in his house. So I can't, can't imagine he would. But uh, If he's really going fishing, I don't think he'd take his notes with him. No. Nah. Yeah, I don't sense. know why he'd keep him at his house, though. I, well, anyway, let's let's go talk to this Dr. Northeast. That's what I was going to suggest. Are we going to knock at his door and just hold that card up? <laughs> no, we'll, watch we'll him. Be, be cordial. You guys are the detectives. You... Yeah, usually I'm not um, knocking uh, knocking up academics after full dark uh, to ask where to find a witch doctor. That's not normally the kind of surprise. I'm wondering if me and Donna and Guy have already paid him a visit because me and Donna and Guy asked uh, Madame Marie about uh, contacts and she gave us his name. So he may have already seen us before. And he does that mean we want to have somebody else approach him? Hmm. Might be a good idea. Well, but I think but to be honest, it's like uh, Mr. Sterling and I, we don't know what kind of questions to ask. Donna's the anthropology student. But I, you guys I think are detectives. It would, it would make sense if the reason that we were got into the library and that cult stuff that, we, that you have in your notes might have been that we talked to him. So that's what I'm thinking. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I can go and try to, you know, make, make do like we did with the fortune teller, but... If, it if might, you know, seem a bit awkward if he remembers me and I don't remember him. I've, well, if he says I've, you're back, I've got again. a, I've got a feeling that yeah, everyone on that list is going to remember us. Probably right. Right. We're we're, we're retracing our steps here, not not building a ladder from scratch. Uh, but again, if you and I, or no, if I had gone to the fortune teller, she would have known who I was. Right. She's looking for our handsome quiet type well if this northeast guy is worth his salt then 
if there's some kind of drug that they use around here to wipe people's memories like this, he's going to have heard of it. Yeah. None of sure. this is going to surprise him. So I say we go and pay him a call. I mean, yeah. we could. Because um, there's we, a lot of things, point. We've got, like, we've got the note. Now we've got this woman yeah. both saying that we should go and talk to him. We should go and talk to him. Maybe Dirk and I could go and we could play it that if she does remember us that, oh, I'm bringing you. So could you kind of give me a rundown maybe of some of the stuff because, you know, some of my associate here can get caught up because we recently brought him on or something like that. I feel like generally, unless the guy snips bad, we're going to come clean with him anyway. We need his exactly. connection to the Mambo. We need his interpretation of the card. So maybe the less subterfuge we try, the, the happier things will be. Although maybe only one or two of us knocks on his door in case the guy comes to the door dead or with a blowgun or uh, you know, with somebody holding a gun to his head, in which case we might not all want to be crowded around. Yeah. Well, Mr. Sterling and I should hang back. We're... There's a reason you hire representatives. So I'll, be wants to go with right, me. I'll be waiting right outside so that, you know, I think the four of you should go in. All right. Okay. Yep. Let's do it. And I'll be outside with my gun. If I hear any commotion, just yell and I'll come in with the gun. I'll scream, oh, okay. the powder, the powder, my eyes. <laughs> you don't have to tell me twice. What if one of the ladies goes into the restroom to powder her face and she can't find the powder and she yells out, gonna... where's the powder, the powder? <laughs> Good to think of I'll all the possibilities. It. I know the sound of somebody in distress. <laughs> all right, well, so it, it, we take the cabs to his house or is it walking distance? Oh, no, I think the... it's, sorry, go ahead. I was, I was remembering the map you showed us. I think it's kind of like clear across town a little bit. Yeah, it's quite a long way across town from where you are now. But in terms of it being close to the hotel, it's only about a mile east of the hotel. All right. You head back across town. Can I have a party luck roll so whoever has the lowest luck? That was going to be. 25, so. XG. 80. 41. Sounds like the lowest. That's huh. you. He's being the lowest. And I got an 88. Okay. Um, it's nothing particularly drastic. It's just as you're heading back, uh, as it is, as you mentioned, getting dark, uh, you end up getting caught at a couple of checkpoints. So you are just delayed. So by the time that you do get there, it is completely pitch black. Well, at least up above, um, there are lights out on the street. Not, um, not like electric lighting by any means. This is still pretty much a third world country, but enough light coming through from open windows that there is a, a bit of illumination out on the street. Um, so much so to the point where there are still kids outside playing. Uh, as the uh, two taxis pull up, there are a couple. Uh, there's a few kids playing soccer out and about on the um, on the road, which force the taxis kind of to pull over a little bit before where the address for northeast is and 
this area definitely seems a little bit not quite run down but as if he's gone for the cheap accommodation in town and a lot of it around here is also there's uh, quite dense foliage uh, you've got palm trees you've got bushes and it takes you a little while to wander up where actually where where the hell is his house until you find there's a very narrow gap between a couple of trees and the kind of the hedges here that then lead through to a property that is quite a way back from the road and it looks like a, a bungalow with a veranda out the front so how, how well lit is it uh, there's virtually there's no light coming from there i mean you, you can see from from the light from the base the houses on the other side of the street that there is some building back there but there's no lights on in fact as, as you're looking around looking for how well lit it is you do notice that the kids that are playing um, playing soccer they've stopped and the, the ball has just rolled in front of one of the tax uh, one in front of one of the taxis and they stood there looking at you with a almost if you if to put a single word on it you'd say fear a look of fear on their face that's the case i'm gonna lean out the window and go I, yeah, that that doesn't uh, that doesn't take long to work. Yeah, you you scare the shit out of them, and they uh, they run, and they 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 freak and they run, leaving their ball behind them. Mister Sterling, what have I told you about scaring small children? What have I told you about? I told you to let me do it. <laughs> That's my only joy in life. That's it's a, little, it's a little much, don't you think? You cut let them get their ball first. No, That's no, what no. I. We that's stop what, the car and I take the ball. Sure, that's what orphanages are for. You you step out of the car and as you've got your eye on the ball, um, you don't realise that you've put your foot straight down into what seems to be a muddy uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, a pool of water. Uh, like a mud patch. So there's a squelch and you are sprayed on your lower trousers with mud. Now I'm definitely taking the ball. Yeah, you, you can get to it. You can give it a swift kick and it goes flying in, oh, in the direction the of your choice. I give it to the cab driver to give to his kid. Oh, okay. So, yeah, you can bring it back to him. He's uh, He looks at it, again, kind of mud-encrusted. He goes, uh, hey, thank you. You're and welcome. Gingerly picks it up with his hands and sort of puts it down in the footwell where it won't, uh, won't mess up his exterior. And, yeah, you suddenly realize that the road is pretty quiet now that there's no one else out here apart from you guys probably loud insects oh uh, yes so the place is dark uh and the kids are afraid of it but i i i feel like our number 13 calling card is going to be uh of interest to the professor give me a psychology roll Wow, that's a 99. Oh, <laughs> I have a character with psychology for once, and I fumble profoundly. Mm -hmm. Yep, they, they were evidently scared of the place. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, all right, full speed ahead. Uh, yeah. Yep, let's do it. Okay, all right. You head down what seems to be a small gravel track, uh, very much a walking path. This isn't for vehicles to be parked out here at all. 
that goes through the trees and as it opens up so you can see a bit more of the sky above you i mean it's still pretty much pitch black up there anyway uh, relatively heavy cloud cover obscuring any moon and stars that might be up there uh, yep you come to a completely pitch black bungalow even with the bit of light that you've got from behind you, you can work out a few features here. You can see the steps going up to the veranda, um, windows either side of a front door. The front door looks very slightly ajar, and there is a very evidently dead chicken which has been nailed to the front of it with blood streaked down the front of the door. I'm afraid we might have missed our expert people. Yeah, I'm going to turn to uh, O'Neill and Sterling and say... We don't know whether that's good or bad luck, though. We might just have very idiosyncratic taste in uh, decor. Sure. A, a, an open front door is usually not a good omen, I'd say. Well, what, is, uh, what does Donna say? She's the anthropologist. Is this a protection or a, a curse? An open front door and chickens? <laughs> That'd be an occult role. Uh, let me see. Do I even have that? Um, I do have some occult. I do too. Uh, I got a twenty, so that's that's just barely hard. Okay, better than mine. In which case, well, a hard success is definitely uh, definitely good enough. Uh, you'd be able to identify that this chicken, or more specifically, a rooster, is a traditional offering to the voodoo deity Baron Samadhi. I was like, uh, yeah, this is an offer. This is an offer to the Baron. Did you know the one? Yeah, I, this is uh, all horseshit. And I walk up to the door and I take the knife and throw the chicken and the thing on the floor. Oh. Going with you. Don't. Okay. I don't have a cult. I don't believe in this crap. This is just garbage to me. Sure, I'll case? check it out. Yeah. All right. If I if I he stops me when I'm going to grab it, then oh no. No, I don't. But I I'm oh, not, I don't oh, want oh. you ahead of me. Oh, all right. Well, I. Pull that thing out and I throw the I throw it across the road. Okay. No, not the knife, the the, the chicken. Mm -hmm. Well, you pull it out. The rooster comes free quite easily, very dead. Um, but as you pull it out, you notice there's actually something on the door behind it, and it looks right. a bit like this that's been burnt into the wood. That's the same skull as on the card. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's his mark. I'm assuming. And also, as you're uh, right on top of it now, you can see that there are a set of muddy football, not a set, multiple sets of muddy footprints going in and out through that door. And you can give me track rolls. I'm going to push do the door wanna, open. Do we want to call Medwin so that we don't get blamed for any of this? Sure. Should, uh, might there be telephone lines to this bungalow? There are. All right, so I'm going to look for a phone once well, we get inside. Let me go in first. Yeah, I so I'm going to push the door open with my gun. Yeah, and, and we're all brandishing, I think. Is Medwin the naval officer? Yeah. Yes. I tell before, after you call him, I'm getting in the cab and going back. I'm not, I don't need to be here when Medwin's around. Right. Um, okay. And we can give it 10 minutes before I call him, but I want to call, I want, to right. be the one that alerts him to the situation rather than getting reported on. Well, and I also think that he expects us to be 
investigating our own situation uh, yeah yeah so why wouldn't we my, be here my track is only 10 but i just rolled 13 so um could i spend three luck points so that i can um make that roll you oh. certainly can and stab myself in the leg with a pencil well, maybe not the stabbing part, but you can certainly spend the uh, spend the three luck. That's no problem. Good, good job. It was blunt. <laughs> and appropriately, it is three because you are able to identify that it is definitely three barefoot individuals, uh, probably fairly tall and fairly muscular, uh, that came in here and left at a hurry. Um, given the fact that it is dried mud, this was a few days ago. You think? I'll share that information with the rest of the party. Three in and three out. Yeah. I wonder if they looked in a hurry because they found him already dead. Let's well, see if he's in here. Body's going to smell real bad real fast. Is there any? Uh... Yeah. Well, do I smell like... anything yet? Sounds like O'Neill and Kessler are the first two going through the door. Then. Yeah. Are there any flies about? There's going to be plenty of those outside as well as inside. There's not there. an unusual number of flies, like, you know, bot flies or... From the doorway, not that you notice there. Okay. Um, heading inside, you get an idea of what the layout is like. Any electricity? Uh, no, there is no electricity here. Uh, but there is the phone line that connects, to, uh, that connects in here. So there must be a phone in here somewhere. But everything seems to be lit. Well, was lit previously. Should be the uh, the more accurate term by the broken lamps that you can see over here. Um, the living area looks like it has been trashed, um, and not just like turned over like someone was searching for stuff. Uh, people came in here and smashed everything. I won't bother putting a roll on this because I think particularly you two being the uh, the two that are going in here. Uh, multiple people came in here with something either resembling a sword or machete and started to hack the shit out of everything in here. Uh, the furniture has been hacked apart. The tables have been hacked. The doors have been smashed. Uh, the windows are broken. Uh, parts of the floorboards have been hacked at them. I mean, it's literally some a group of people went completely apeshit in here. This starts to feel almost gangland. Like hmm. uh, they wanted to send a message. Um, everything's hacked up. Everything. I mean, there's no reason to hack up everything, but it's all hacked up. I think we're going to find him hacked up in the other room. He's not in here. I'll keep moving forward, but I'm going slowly so I don't trip and fall or over anything. Or... All right, so you're heading towards the bedroom. Yeah. Okay. When you start heading in that direction, because it's already been something that people have said they're looking for. Yeah, you can hear the sound of flies coming more more yeah. pointedly from that room. And there is a fairly bad smell coming from in there as well. Um, are there, well, you said everything is smashed. You don't even have anything I could light on fire to take a look. Um, Give me I, a luck roll to see if one of the lamps maybe maybe made it. Uh, 51. That's not good for me. Can I spend luck on luck? <laughs> <laughs> now, the, the closest you've got is that you can find there is a hurricane lamp in there which has got the wick in, but the globe is completely smashed. 
right? you could you could light that up, but it's only going to give the give you the equivalent of a burning wick. It's right. not going to like amplify. I've got a lighter probably, but the lighter is not going to give me much light more light than that. About the same. Yeah. So I wow, I got lucky. I found a flashlight going. <laughs> as if from nowhere. As if from nowhere. Yeah. Um, all right. I said I I, I start back and I said. I think I know where he is, but it's too dark in here to see anything. Hold on. I'm going to walk over to the cabs and ask them if they have a dry cell uh, battery uh, flashlight in their trunk. Okay. Um, You start heading back towards the cabs, uh, the taxis, and you hear this thunk, 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 thunk of what seems to be... uh, you think almost like a hammer and nail or hammer whacking a nail. And it's a sound coming from, from the direction of the taxis. Well, I take, try and take a closer look before I approach. And I have my hand inside. Not the jacket. sound of, of a flying bullet hitting metal? No, definitely. It's more like, it's more like a hammer and nail sound. The sound of tires being popped? Yeah. Well, it's coming from the direction you think is on the other side of the uh, the other side of the taxi, and you can see that from the other side of the taxi, where the uh, the driver's basically laid back and kind of not like asleep in his seat, but he's he's just laid back with his eyes shut and seems to be passing the time. You can see the head of one of the boys who was playing soccer, kind of look up over the kind of scaredly looking over the hood of the taxi. And he quickly says something in Creole, and then you see uh, when he sees you approaching, and you can see that three of the boys then just basically turn and run. Uh, they were doing something; they're doing something on the other side of the taxi cab, and then they just bolt and I, they I, disappear I yell into out the houses. In French, um, I curse you and your family, you little whatever expletives. <laughs> I don't know what I said. I didn't think of the word, but. Okay. Monsters or something like that. <laughs> oh, they they run and they disappear off into the shadows. I go to look to see what they were doing, and I ask the cab driver if he has a light. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the the taxi driver will uh, will have one. He says, "Yeah, I've got a flashlight around here somewhere." And he goes ultimately to the uh, to the trunk to have a look for one, and he does go pull up one. Yeah, here we go. Donna, you stare kind of maybe perplexly down at the ground to see what the kids were doing. And where you got out of the taxi and where you land in that uh, kind of puddle of mud, they've nailed a large five-inch iron nail into the mud. What? What is that? (laughs) I don't know, but give this to O'Neill. And then I, I asked the cab driver, what, what symbolic symbolism does this have? He kind of looks, looks at you a little weirdly. Sim, symbolism? What, what the hell is this? Like, I, I, I don't know. know. Kid, kids playing, playing games, I guess. In the middle of the night. He wants to nail you in place. Keep you from going away. I spit on it. Witchcraft. You you spit on it. It spit. It's oh, I know. I'm just it's <laughs> I'm disgusted with this whole place now. All right. 
Oh well, back in the house while you're uh, while you're grabbing your flashlight. I get into the cab actually, and I have my gun on my lap. Okay. Yeah, you 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 sit there in the dark, well, semi-dark, and over to over the next few minutes, you steadily get the feeling that maybe somewhere out in the dark you are being watched. But we'll skip back to the skip back to the bungalow. So it looks like O'Neill has got his flashlight finally. Yeah. And are you looking into that uh, bedroom, presumably? Yeah, well, I'm giving a one sort of round the room uh, out in the front and seeing that everything's broken. Then I'll go. Is there any yeah. chance that you can find a, a telephone in this room and that the line isn't cut or the receiver not hacked in half? Good question. Give me a spot hidden roll if you, any, well, anyone that is come to search the living area can give me a spot hidden roll. Um, well, I'm, I'm rolling Sanderson Knight. That's an 84. <laughs> yeah, the dice like you as much as they like me. I got a 77. I don't see a, a phone. Probably smashed the phone out of the wall. Or... All right. All right. I'm going to take a couple deep breaths in here of the semi fetid air before we go in there. And right. again, yeah, draw on. Well, I'll go and I'll push the door open with my gun hand. Can I have con checks? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got a 10 out of 50. I have a regular success. Okay. Yeah, you are both able to retain uh, your meals that you had from room service uh, because the smell in here is awful. And both of you, admittedly from somewhat varying circumstance, know the smell of death. Yeah. But this is, this is nasty death. This is death laid out in a tropical environment and rotting. Is there anything unusual about the way it's laid out? Is it like ritualistically splayed or? Well, the, the body itself, you can't actually see it, um, but that's because the bedroom itself has been turned over very much like the living room. Everything is trashed in here. Everything is smashed, but the smell is very much, you can, there's a direction to it. You can very much tell where it's coming from. And also the big cloud of flies that are hanging over it. Um, there's a very bloody hacked apart mattress which is lent up against the wall in one corner of the room and the bed frame has been thrown over into the other corner. I don't think we need to see any more. I think you should call Major. Shine the light around, see if we can get a phone. All right. Oh yeah, the guy's holding a phone. Go ahead, go. you can go get it. <laughs> Was, was there a phone in the bedroom? Is there Are there lines? There's not anything in here. Um, you are fairly sure that if it's anywhere, it's going to be in the living room. It's just going to be a case of trying to find it in all the detritus that's in there. Uh, let's, uh, let's I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to open that door to the, to the left. To the other, the other bedroom? If it's a bathroom and there's running water, I'm going to put some cold water on my face. Yeah, you you head in there again. It looks like this, even this room hasn't survived being trashed, so even the basin is cracked. So when you or when you turn the tap, water pours a little bit and then just starts dripping out onto the floor where there's just a massive crack. Were they looking for something? You think? It, I would guess. I mean, it's either pure rage or something ritual. 
I also don't know why, I mean, it's kind of excluded, but you'd think the neighbors would be aware of this at this <laughs> degree of- uh, Maybe they're afraid to say anything, I would be. Maybe the magic rooster keeps them from coming, I don't know. Exactly. All right, let's see if we can find a phone because I would like to get naval intelligence here and wash our hands of it. See if somebody outside can see where the phone comes into the building. The uh, phone should be on that side of the room at least. From the front door. Ms. Sterling, can you see uh, what corner the phone line enters? It's, uh, it's, I'll take a look. You don't want, nobody should come in here. Yeah. It's, we're not going to talk to Northeast. There is a dead body. Understood. And you all try to look to see where the phone line comes in. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty much as you're looking at the bungalow front on, it's over off on your left hand corner. So that gives you an idea of what side of the room it's on. I'm going to push there. the broken furniture around and see if we're lucky. Yep, you can give me another spot hidden roll this time. Because uh, you've got a bit more of an idea of where things are, you can give me with a bonus dice. Not necessary. 007. Ooh, okay. So that's... Is that an extreme? I believe so, yes. Okay, and is it just yourself searching, or is O'Neill searching as well? I'm. I can't. Oh, we can't all fit in the corner, so I'm behind him. Fair I've got the light shining there, though, for him. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, an extreme gives you pretty much everything you need. Then uh, you'd certainly find the phone. You also catch a couple of other items that look like they might be of interest here. Um, particularly, particularly a couple of books that look as though uh, there's a table, or rather a small. Not quite a bookcase, that's probably a bit too grandiose term for it, but definitely a small case uh, with a central shelf on it that looks like it had a couple of books or a small row of books within it. Then the phone would have been put on the top of that. It looks like someone's given that, uh, that little bookcase a very swift kick and then hacked it apart afterwards. So some of the books that were on there haven't suffered particularly well. Um, there's one one that's titled Ghosts of the Living, uh, another one Created Worlds of the Insane Mind and those are got hacked to pieces but you do find two other books that were in this row that looks like they've uh, remained fairly unscathed one of them looks like it's a journal because the, how the way the paper is uh, not crisply lined up on one side looks like it's been very crinkled and it's been handwritten in implies that it's a journal and the other one um, does have a title running down the side it's called the masked messenger but you also find the phone Good. all right we've got a, a couple of personal items here o'neill that we're going to secrete um I don't know how, if your pockets are bigger than mine, but uh, yeah, we're certainly okay. keeping Northeast's journal. And there's another book that's not ripped to shreds. Um, and uh, toggle for an operator. Yeah, hand them to me. I'll hand them outside to Donna. Sounds good. Thanks. Yeah, so you've got these two books. Uh, there isn't anything particularly about the journal that stands out from just holding it, um, right. but picking up and holding the mask messenger, there is a bookmark in it. Yeah, I'll flip to the bookmark. Can we do the phone first? <laughs> it stinks right, we'll in here. And then I'll give, we'll do the phone and then I'll give you a fairly lengthy <laughs> Sounds good. to read. So, um, yeah, you go 
toggle on it and there is still signal yeah. and at which point you get an operator that speaks in French uh, 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 ONI Naval Intelligence Medwin num, uh, Numbra uh, Du Zank yeah, we should bring somebody in. Actually, I have a little French. I can, I can, yeah. How, how much have you got? Oh, I've got 20, I believe. I just rolled a 20, and I think that's right. Where is it? Oh, no, I have 10. Um, but let's not waste time. I'm fired up with adrenaline and the desire to get away from that rotting corpse, or, or maybe corpses, because we didn't see. Right. So I will spend 10. Right, and make myself um, clear. There is no, uh, there is no language barrier in this case, and you've got the uh, the number four uh, Medwin because you've got for, uh, got it from his business card, so you know which one uh, you know who to call, and you are connected. So it doesn't take too long to go through. Uh, it rings probably three or four times on the other end, and then a familiar voice because you've already met him um, says, "Yes, this is Medwin." Uh, this is uh, Dirk Kessler Medwin. I'm sorry to say that uh, we have caused it to call you already. Oh? Uh, we were, it seems, in touch with a local anthropology prof called uh, Northeast. And we have just come to his bungalow and he's been dead for a while, I think, based on the condition of things and the smell. Oh, amazing. Uh, not not a name I recognise. Um, well, what's what's the address you're at, and I'll see if I can get someone over there. Uh, he's in Potok, uh, number blah blah blah, etc. Okay, um, I'll see if even I can come down because that sounds oh. particularly. Oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, it's clearly it was clearly uh, a violent homicide. It looks like there were several assailants that I've never seen. I'm not going to say never, but it's a very ugly situation. Hmm. Right. If, if you want, if you want to stay there, um, don't. If there is, say, if you say there are bodies, don't touch them. Uh, we'll, we'll take care of that. Yeah, we're not going to go near it. And if you, it's, it's his place is real dark because it's so smashed up. There aren't even lights. So, um, you should bring, you know, some. We'll bring some hardware. Yeah. Uh, okay. See you soon. Yeah, you stay stay outside. Don't touch anything, and we'll be, we'll be there as soon as we can. You got it. Right, and he hangs up. Okay. Shall we go outside? Yeah, we should go outside, and the ladies and Mister Sterling should go back to the hotel. Uh, I mean, maybe we should do one more once over with the light. Before well, I'll tell you what, I'll give you the flashlight, and Mister Sterling and I need to go. He doesn't want to encounter the, the, the major, so okay. Yeah. I'll take him back and uh, take care of everyone. There's else. no reason it wasn't just me. I uh, and you guys will have, I mean, yeah, you guys take, take the literature and yeah. uh, we'll be back to the hotel when we can. Yeah, ladies, you want to come with us? Uh, sure. Mr. Randall, do you want to stay here with your partner? You're muted. He shook his head yes. 
Sorry, I was I was just trying to unmute myself by by grabbing this rubber. Um, yes. <laughs> okay. and, and while we're at it, um, I guess, uh, Mr. Sterling, you should reimburse the cab driver for this flashlight. Oh, uh, and and uh, and guy, you should probably have a look around just so that we have our story straight for the authority. But it's, it's nasty. You don't have to do anything above beyond, you know. Now, while everybody was inside searching, I kept my eyes peeled because you said I felt like somebody was watching me. Do I notice anything strange? Um, I'll, I'll leave it to you to interpret whether it's strange or not, but you can certainly get the impression of where, where this feeling is coming from. As I mentioned, that you've got houses which are on the other side of the road. Um, they've not got really any vegetation in between you and the house and that these are what provide a lot of the illumination out on the road here uh, some of them you can see that the windows the shutters are going by them but you can see or see pairs of eyes looking from the houses it's basically the locals are staring at you sure all right so i tell the you know, we all get in one cab i leave the other cab for dirk and guy and i pay them so They'll wait and bring them back to the hotel. And before we drive away I go at the windows, I go in case you in English and in English, in case you don't know. Well, then, we'll uh, we'll meet you guys back at the uh, the hotel. Okay. And Donna, you said you were going to have a look at that bookmark. Yeah. Fable from the Masked Messenger. The, the Ashanti warrior bargains poorly with the keeper of the sharp stone. I do not know why I took possession of the sharp stone, found discarded on the shore of the Dank River, as I traveled home from the Great War from the north. It caught my attention, palm-sized and green with an oily shine. It made me sick in the stomach just to hold it, but its engravings captivated me. Sharp, cuneiform-like designs similar to those adorning the great statues of Kululu and Sadogwa that are scattered across the continent. As I felt along its fine cutting edge, it drew blood and the pain shot through me like a, like a flame burning the belly. I dropped the stone, cursed it and returned to the path only to fall into oblivion. I found myself in a dank, dark labyrinth with the stench of death and cooking fires. The air was filled with the sounds of running water and distant voices and I knew not where I was. Onwards, I marched lost and confused until terror finally gripped my soul and my heart bled from a wound that was not made in flesh. In time, I forgot who I was and where I had come from. In time, I found my way to freedom, to a great shore of, of a still sea. Although the sky was, was as dark as night, there were no stars and its brightness burnt my eyes. I looked up to the black sphere that was the sun, casting its unnatural light. On the shores, I saw th three circular mud brick houses of my people, the black light that shone from within burnt my eyes as well. Only the glare was obscured by a man. Tall and thin, he walked toward me with a grace and poise unknown amongst mortal men. When he reached my side, I saw that his face was a skull with three human eyes. His unnatural glare split from a socket in his forehead, the source of his power. Shut your ears, my Ashanti warrior, his voice echoed inside my head. I am the keeper of the sharp stone and you are here now to bargain with me. My mouth opened, desiring above all other desires to answer this man, this guise of the masked messenger, and yet I found no words to speak, 
and no answer worthy of his reverence. Shut your mouth, my Ashanti warrior. His lipless jaw did not move, and yet his words were as clear as my own hands if they were held up now to my face. I know what you want. You wish to return to your world. Even in your world, you are still mine. I nodded, aware that the keeper of the sharp stone knew my thoughts deeper than I knew them, knew them myself. My two wives, three sons, five daughters, 18 cattle, 48 goats, and 300 chickens needed the head of their house to return to provide for them, and I owed them as much. So I would make the bargain, knowing that the price would be dreadful, even if only to touch the skin of my beloveds once again. Shut your eyes, my Ashanti warrior. And I did as I was commanded, and he touched me upon the forehead, and I knew that that was where it would begin, where he would return again to rule and destroy and bring chaos to the land and to the people. We shall meet again soon enough. And I woke upon the shores of the dank river with the sharp stone still clutched greedily in my hand where it had cut. Already black scales were forming around the scab of the wound. It had begun and I knew I must flee back to my family until the time of the end comes for me. I bargained poorly, but the masked messenger would have it no other way. Indeed, that seems to be one of, flicking through the book probably from here, this seems to be almost reminiscent of the Arabian Nights. This book seems to be a collection of fables. And this is just one that was bookmarked because of a double page spread with just, say, a simple leather strap to serve as a bookmark. Ashanti, Donna, what's that? Uh, I'm not sure. I think... Um... Can I, can I maybe roll in the anthropology, or would that not be something that I would know uh, about? You could roll anthro. You could roll anthropology if you want, or you can give me library use. Okay, sure. Uh, oh, that's a fifteen on the library use, um, which is just a hard. Right. In which case, you have a flick through the book itself, trying to find out what's uh, what's going on here, and it gives you a little bit of an idea of what this book is that you're holding. The, mask mes the Masked Messenger. Um, this is a book that goes back to 1726, having a flick back through the, uh, the introduction. Yeah. But this is a much newer version. Um, in fact, it's only been printed within the last year uh, by Columbia University Press. And so published 1930. Um, it appears very much like an Arabian Nights style, or say the, the Book of a Thousand and One Nights, A Thousand Nights and One Night. It's a very long title for it, but most people know it as the, Arab the Arabian Nights. Right. Where this seems to have come out of somewhere in Africa, but it's tales from across Africa. So you're thinking that this Ashanti warrior must be an African tribe of some nature. Right. And so, you know, oh, it's a, it's an African tribe. It, you know, this seems to be, you know, epic tales, you know, sort of, you know, in the sense of other, of, it's like kind, but, you know, from Africa and they, they definitely have a darker nature from the one that I read. And I, the, I, I, I might be wrong, but it, it seemed to me the way, the way that this masked messenger was described matches the description of the card and our description of, of, of Baron Samadhi. Indeed. Andy, having, that, a, having a flick yeah. through this, there's definitely some disturbing artwork that you're seeing accompanying various pieces in here. But I mean, how could, I mean, that, that would mean that, you know, I mean, you know, there's, there's hundreds of years of, of you know, of, of stuff we're dealing with here. 
well, maybe none of the rest of it makes any sense. And that's the only passage that that our uh, dead uh, mom bone is interested in. You're right. We'll make sure to get all this down just in case uh, we make sure we catch up the others in the event of another blackout. So you start scribbling down some notes then maybe mm -hmm. uh, catching some key references and pronouns that are mentioned in a few of these stories uh, the mask messenger itself um, switches between male and female depending on what, uh, what story you're reading uh, these all seem to be written down by a lady by the name of Shar Sharinza that seems to be the, uh, the author uh, but you do notice a couple, alongside a couple of these kind of woodcuts and other illustrations in the book, um, seems to be protagonists from some of the other stories include an Egyptian pharaoh by the name of Nefren Kar, uh, the ghoul queen, uh, queen Nicatris, uh, the tribal chief of the Congo cannibal cult, Shkunga uh, Zoo, um, some fellow called Abdul Al-Hazred, kind of rings a bell at the back of your mind somewhere. And also Atu, or the Spiraling Worm, uh, the Floating Horror, the Bloody Tongue, the Black Pharaoh, Nalathophis. Yeah, there's uh, a whole raft of pretty horrible protagonists in any, some of these stories. Any connection or any mention of the Cult of the Floating Horror by chance, or no? Well, the Floating Horror is mentioned. Uh, okay. Is, uh, there is a picture in there. Mm. Um, so much so that having a look at this thing, how it's how it's described is this a tentacular mass that flies above the the canopy of the jungle. Uh, you can give me a sand check. Sure. <laughs> kind of the uh, the culmination of having a look through this lovely little tome. Uh, I got a forty four. So what what is it on a pass? A uh, pass is D two. Okay. Do oh I can use my coin D two. Uh, that's two. <laughs> so I okay. at, I've lost two yeah. sanity. Yeah, this is uh, not as particularly wholesome as the Arabian Nights. No. <laughs> uh, much darker. Uh, you know, I definitely look kind of grim as I'm flipping through and, you know, jotting, you know, frantically jotting more notes down. Anna, don't let all this island rubbish get to your head. We're here to get your brother and we're getting out of here. O'Neill, when we get back, make sure one of my new suits is, is put on the bed and burn the one I'm wearing. Don't donate it to any of these. Just burn it. <laughs> um, is Amy having a look through the journal at all on the way back? Yes, that was my plan. Okay. There isn't a handout for this, uh, so it's just a bit of explanation as to what... Well, not all of it anyway. There is a handout for part of it. Um, but to give you the rough gist of what's uh, what goes on in here the journal gives you an overview of what northeast has been doing here um he's been in haiti for 10 months and he's writing a paper on voodoo and its kind of place in modern society so he's got quite a few connections into the into the voodoo community and there is a name that pops out uh, of madame josephine who you have the address for her and flicking through a few uh, references to her the word mambo does come up so that's maybe putting the two and two together as mm. a point of interest but yeah he's he's learned a fair bit from her he's talked to various 
people as well that move in the voodoo community but it seems to be the way he's writing it that she is the the font of all knowledge um in port-au-prince and she he does reference the fact that people from quite a long way across the caribbean come to her come to see her for uh, for her services and knowledge uh, the really interesting stuff comes from probably about a month or two ago where it's saying that recently he's been studying a fringe branch of the voodoo community that worships a lower spirit called the floating horror um, who comes forth into the world through a special individual who is prepared in advance to be possessed uh, northeast has been asking around various voodoo practitioner contacts if he might be able to attend this ceremony purely as like an academic exercise but none acknowledges that he knows or they know anything about this ceremony the only person that does um, even know anything about the cult is madame josephine mm. uh, but it states that she refused com to comply with any information as to say where they would be doing this right what the rights about and pretty much just shuts down his investigation by saying no you, you just leave it alone it's only when it's the, there's a detail in there that says about you guys turning up um, to see him, which was on Friday, October the 24th, that he became convinced that there was more to this cult than he'd suspected. There's no exact location, but he refers to something called the Star Pools in his journal, in particular, his last entry. Last entry in Dr. Northeast's journal, Monday, October 27th. After meeting with James Sterling and his team of investigators, I was surprised at how much of what they told me related to what I had believed until last night to be myths. The star pools they say is real and that Mr. Sterling's son had been kidnapped and taken there to be a victim of a ritual of blood sacrifice. At first, I did not believe them and said as much, but now that I have witnessed the star pools for myself, I cannot even begin to imagine what else of the floating horror cult prophecies are true and what the ultimate fate of this island nation will be if they succeed in their plans. The star pools, located in a hidden valley in the hills east of Port-au-Prince, defy rational explanation. I saw Jack Sterling, James Sterling's son. I dare not commit to paper what they had done to him lest my mind fails me as I remember too clearly in my prose and I lose my mind altogether. What I will say is that I recognized his undoing because I can now see they match too closely the descriptions of beings described so clearly in the masked messenger, especially the tale of the Ashanti warrior and the sharp stone. They have plans for the younger Sterling, this I know. It is tied to the ceremonies of the uh, Fet deed, which begin on the first of, the next, of next month and conclude the following day. Will the real followers of the floating horror reveal themselves and lead Jack Sterling into the hills where he will be sacrificed as his father predicted? Can he still be saved? One can only hope. Probably not, because I saw what lurked in the green waters of the star pools. It was that shape which banished my courage and sent me fleeing, screaming into the night. And there's nothing after that. Are you reading this out loud? Yes, or are you reading I'm like it reading it out loud now. Good God. So we know that they have your son, Mr. Sterling. Contact Sebastian Senegal, get as many armed people as we can get, and we're going to tear this fucking jungle up. I want machine guns. I want grenades. I want anything and everything, and we will kill anyone and everything in our path. Seems like there's a Madam Josephine he mentions here who might know more about this as well. 
She yeah, might know where. Well, I have her address, so. Are you sure that guns are going to work? They're just people. I mean, They're sacrificing. This, this Ashanti warrior couldn't stand up to the mass messenger. Oh, their their crazy religion doesn't matter. They're they're going to sacrifice Jack. Now, as a to the keeper, the it said on the twenty fourth. We uh, went to visit him on the twenty fourth. I thought yes. we arrived here on the twenty eighth, or was that when we woke up in the hospital? That's when we were committed to the hospital. Okay, okay. I just wanted to make sure I didn't write. And it's what today? The thirty first. It is Halloween. It's Halloween. His his tomorrow. um, His entry was from the twenty seventh, and we were committed to the hospital on the twenty eighth. And he mentions he mentions us in his diary entry. Is it not reasonable to assume then that whatever happened up there on the 27th of which he's writing is is what caused us to lose our memory? We tried to attack them. Yeah, with just us. We don't know that. Although, to be fair, Guy, you and I are still at the house and don't know any of this madness. It's true, but we're discussing it when we get back. <laughs> I assume we're gonna catch you up. Yeah, a lot of assumption, yet, but yeah, I forgot about that. Sorry, I lost track of that. No worries. It is, it is indeed a little confusing. Well, let's say that we're all back at the hotel then, and then you can come and yeah, we'll catch them up. Right. Well, um, assuming is... that nothing okay. happens when the right. authorities show up at the house, stuff is gonna happen. So. You wait around a little bit. The taxi has gone off with the other four in it, and they've—they're uh, now well out of the uh, the area. And a couple of jeeps pull up. One moment. All these uh, uh, sorry. precursors to jeeps. I just uh, I, uh, before they, after they speed off, I just want to say to Guy, uh, if the neighbors are watching, do we want to say that we sent? Mr. O'Neill back to the hotel or something? Because if we if we if we tell the UNI that we were the only ones out here, they're going to know we are lying. Let's say we sent the uh, we sent the women back to the hotel because they were feeling faint, and um, the other two accompanied them to make sure they got there safely. I like it. I just want to make sure we don't because uh, they might separate us, and you know, just just while in in the um, period between them leaving and the. Uh, the, the authorities arriving. Um, can we just give the place a once over again and just see if anything's been missed? Absolutely. I mean, I mean you want to you want to see the inside at least a little bit. <laughs> yeah. To know what we're yeah what we're up against. There's no reason yeah for us to. I'll stand on the veranda, in case yeah, they you, pull up. You keep a keep an eye out for them. I'm just gonna have a. Give it a one Just going to have a prod about, see if there's anything mm-hmm. we've, we've missed. So I'll make a spot hidden roll. Yeah. And also let me know which rooms in particular you are looking at or if there's anywhere you're avoiding. I'm going to start with the, the uh, living room, the bigger room. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've rolled a 
29, which is a, just a standard pass. Okay. Um, you probably catch one or two of the other books which are lying around on the floor, which have also been hacked a bit, um, hacked apart a bit. It seems like, as well as having an interest in, well, obviously he's, he's an anthropologist, um, he has also had an interest in psychology. Uh, you catch um, interpretation of dreams uh, there as well, and some proto-psychology uh, texts as well. Um, again, amongst the kind of hacked apart bits of these two other titles, Ghosts of the Living and Creative Worlds of the Insane Mind. But nothing else really stands out here. It seems like almost uh, the comment that was made earlier about this sounds like it's a gangland hit, uh, gangland hit or sending a message. You're you're really getting vibes that reinforce this. This is this is brutality and destruction for its own sake. Okay, um, I'm gonna have a look in the bathroom. Okay. Just purely because that's where I found the card before. That is true. Maybe that's what they do. They leave messages in people's bathrooms. Maybe that's a Haitian thing. Mm -hmm. uh, you can give me another spot hidden roll from there. Nope, that's a fail. Okay, now the bathroom, particularly maybe, as, as you said, it's where a message was left for you last time that might be something that's clouding your your objectivity here that you're looking for something specific that isn't here um, it's a bathroom it's just it's been trashed and there's nothing else that really stands out here i've been putting off going near the the bedroom because oh, i don't want to see this mm -hmm. oh, i'm gonna have to hey Dirk, are we are we all clear? There's no sign of them yet. Not yet. Okay, I'm I'm gonna have a look in the bedroom. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm uh, the one thing I thought of is you know, if there might be more than one uh, Vic in there, because we didn't really look at the parts. But don't do anything you don't you know the. The cups or the whatever they'll do it. Yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't be the first time I've had to do it. Okay, I'm gonna have a look in the bedroom. Deep breath. Right. The key thing here with what will influence your uh, the outcome of your role is: Are you moving the bloodied mattress and having a look at the body, or are you looking at everything else but the body? Um. Well, I'm having a look. At the scene as much as I can without actually moving anything. So I don't think I'd be moving the mattress because um, that's going to get me into trouble. Right, that's fine then. Yep, you can definitely give me a spot hidden. Okay, and I rolled a 99. Okay, um, it evidently <laughs> feels like there's one body down there. It doesn't, having a good look at it, you think it'd be a bit difficult to pack two people into that gap and that bulge that's under the mattress. Uh, but there's blood everywhere. I mean, the way that you're seeing how blood splatter is all over the place, um, that must be one hell of a mess under there and will probably be something that would haunt your dreams for a while if you did uh, pull the mattress back and have a look at it. So you, you are, um, you're reassuring yourself that not touching that thing is a good idea. But otherwise, 
the rest of the room is trashed. This this is brutality again off the deep end. This is not something that you've you've encountered something to this degree of sadism you think was inflicted upon the poor guy who's underneath that mattress. Well, I I can't find anything in there, but um, maybe if we hang around until after they've uh, carted the body off, we might. Find well, that's a thing. Like I mean, this, they're but... going to bring in bright lights and a bunch of uh, grunts to deal with this mess, and then we can maybe figure out something from the aftermath. Well, yeah, well, I sure as shit ain't moving anything in there. I know, I know what happens. Uh, I start, we start moving stuff about and, uh, well, get blood on us. And yeah. that's a road yeah. I ain't going down. We've got very, uh, a very clear narrative right now, and that's good. Uh, in the insect life, in the dim light outside, is there anything flying around that looks uh, like a familiar friend? Uh, give me a luck roll light a match here and there and see if anything flutters up. Got less luck than I had, but that is a regular luck success, 45 for 50. Okay. Um, it maybe takes a little bit of time. It's probably as those kind of maybe trucks rather than uh, or wagons pull up. That Yeah, you do spot a few familiar moths do start to emerge from the dark attracted to your flame. Mm. Uh, but there's nothing about them that looks notable. They They're are definitely indigenous. Fluttering up. That's interesting. And the one that's in here, it's, there's no obvious cause of death. It wasn't smushed or anything. It is complete. Uh, curious. Uh, if I can catch one in the palm of my hand, I will. Um, why not? Give me a dex check. Good. Yeah, that's a hard success. Uh, you have a moth. All right. Not so dead yet. All right. Uh, guy, uh, you got a, a matchbox you could empty? I want. I've got. I've got a buddy for a friend. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. I'll um. I'll take the matches out of my matchbox and hand it to him. No worries. Right. In which case, you were able to put the moth back in there. And it's that time. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> it's kind of flapping away in there. So it's uh, got a rustling and buzzing almost. And you have a bunch. There's about six to about probably eight of them that turn up. Uh, like six, seven ONI plus Medwin, who looks like he's frantically thrown on his jacket and hat and is now leading the bunch coming up towards you they stand a little bit back from him and allow him to go up uh, towards the two of you and he says oh, I was expecting uh... no he shakes his head right um, what have you got uh, so there I'm was ready. Yeah, there was a rooster nailed at the door the door was open you can see there's footprints that are bare uh, we've tried not to disturb stuff, but there's definitely a former professor in there at least. Fantastic. Yeah. And it and they went at the place. Uh, 
aggressively, I would say, with a message. Praised is the word I'd use. Yeah. Praised. Hmm. Curious. Yeah. And, you know, we got his name several days ago. And so we might have been here already. It's just that we wouldn't know, you know? So you still can't remember? Uh, your, uh, the conversation we had with you yesterday, yesterday morning, this morning. It'd be yesterday. Yesterday morning, right, yesterday morning. That's, you know, we, all of us, that's the first thing that came, that that's we've, we've held on to. Hmm. Oh, well, keep on hoping, keep on hoping. Um, he turns around to a couple of the guys behind him and then says, right, go in, sweep the place. You um, To the next two, you two do a perimeter sweep, see if you can find anything else. And basically starts dividing them up into small teams to go in and start combing the, uh, combing the place. Um, particularly, he gives instructions, if you can find a passport or any other paperwork so we can get more on the, who this guy is, that'd be great. Otherwise, basically, anything that looks interesting, bring it out. Um, are you sticking around for any length of time or are you heading off? I'm going to ask Medwin, oh, well, you want to talk, Guy? Well, I was just, uh, I might stand here and smoke a few cigarettes for a while to yeah. um, pull myself together, as it were. Cleanse that. Yeah, just, you know, obviously in reality, just seeing. Um, if they're bringing out anything that looks interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, they, the main team that are looking over the living room, they're taking a while sifting through this stuff. I mean, there's comments of, yeah, whoever went through here really hacked the place up. Don't know if they were looking for something or they just wanted to smash something. Um, but their report from the guy in the doorway is cut short by, you can evidently hear the sound of the mattress being pulled aside. And then the, oh my fucking God, of the people in uh, the two guys that went into the bedroom. And thankfully, you can't see what's happening. You can only hear it. Yep. Six years on the beat in the Bowery. No way I was going to do that. Yeah, Med Medwin looks at you and then looks kind of into the room and he's saying, yeah, that was probably a good... And then there's, a well, not a scream, but definitely a... And sound of stumbling feet in the bedroom, and one guy uh, kind of clutching his hand as he falls back into the living room. And then the other guy that had gone in there kind of pushes past him and runs back out into the living uh, the living room. And he just shakes his head, and he uh, turns to Medwin and says, "We need a first aid kit. He's been bitten." Bitten by what? And the other guy turns around and he's just he's slightly swaying on his feet. Fucking tarantula, loads of them. Packed into the packed into what's left of the corpse. Bastards were waiting for us to flip the fucking thing over. Bastards! And he's still shaking his hand, and you can see that it's turning red. Shit, you got a medic? Yeah, he, he, uh, Medwin basically points him back towards the uh, towards the truck and says, sort it. And a couple of them go back over there, and you can see that they're pulling out what looks like a first aid kit, and they're starting to tend to him. 
Uh, yeah, you, you missed a nasty little uh, surprise package that had been left for you. Now, is this some sort of thing where those uh, big bugs will go into fetid corpses, or is that the sort of thing where somebody made a booby trap? Someone made a booby trap. Ugly, in fact, you, ugly yeah, business. You can hear the um, the discussion to that effect taking place between Medwin and a couple of the other ONI here. Um, they're not particularly hiding, they're not being quiet or trying to obscure their speech, so you can easily overhear what they're talking about. Uh, the main thing that they seem to be discussing is this does not sound like Senegal. This is not, this is not the rebels doing this. This is someone else. This isn't their MO. What the, what the hell is going on here? And that seems to be where that conversation is going. Uh, if you're prepared to stay around for a little longer, um, they're essentially just going to stay here for not the rest of the night, but they're going to be taking a few hours to go through everything here. So it's going to be after a while. Medwin says, if you've got nothing else, you can let us know nothing that you found, nothing that you've got to add. I don't, need you around here you might as well go back to the hotel and get some sleep or if you've got yeah, something else sure. you need to be doing but thank you for alerting us to this fact and sorry that one of our guys has uh, got himself bitten by a horde of tarantula yeah uh yeah you know uh apologies for that we didn't know um well you, you did what we said we said don't touch the body you didn't so uh you know and for what it's worth all we know about this guy is that we came to him because he's an expert on local voodoo. Hmm. So this certain, I mean, and it was a rooster nailed at the door. So I, my impression is this wasn't uh, a robbery. Isn't like, terribly less this jungle, new pollen. Mm -hmm. at the hotel uh, and we'll be in touch god forbid if we find out anybody else gets killed mm. but yeah if you do run across anything else like this let us know but uh, thing to say, the thing that concerns me is that this does not seem like what I was expecting this is not rebel MO what, what no, well, I'm, I'm no expert but this is this has got voodoo written all over it yeah, I'm wondering. Chickens, what, what... machetes. Yeah. This is properly savage stuff. Hmm. What the hell have you got involved in? At that point. I wish I knew. As soon as you say, as, as you wish you knew, everything goes black and you find yourselves all four, um, all six of you back at the hotel. And he's gone. And he's back. There yeah, you find yourselves in. What seems to be um, the name's not there. Uh, Sterling's room, and that you are indeed all together again. You've got the masked messenger book out in front of you, the journal out in front of you, uh, the knife that had been stuck to the door because uh, Mr. Sterling thought it did look like quite a nice, uh, nice little knife, so he's taken it with him. And did you're I just all back together out again. again? I don't know how I got here. Last thing I remember was reading that entry in the journal. And we were in the yeah. cab. We were talking about what to do next. 
how you guys got here. We left you behind. What happened at the house? Oh, uh, <laughs> the time. Nasty business. Mm -hmm. Someone, uh, someone filled the, uh, the carcass with tarantulas. Mm. What? That's what the major called it. Good thing, good thing you guys didn't move the body then. Yeah. Oh. Uh, how much time has elapsed? It's about ten o'clock, so you're you're probably missing about after everything you've done at the um, at east uh, northeast house or bungalow. You're missing about an hour, which would have been enough time for Guy and Dirk to have walked back to the hotel. But so the last thing you remember is being in the taxi cab on your way back to the hotel. <clears throat> Uh, okay, so everybody, we're all, this is, you just woke up too? Yeah. All right. Um, Sterling's room is air-conditioned. Are we still wet from getting here? Yeah, it, it, it feels like you've walked through a very hot night to get here. I so said, we haven't been here long. Uh, anybody missing anything personal? No, you, you tap yourselves down. You've got everything that you would um, that you would have previously had. Um, your buddy is still uh, buzzing away in his box. Um, it looks like one thing that is slightly different is that, as mentioned, Amy is uh, keeping notes every so often. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's there's a note there that's written that you don't remember. Oh, what does it say? They are all Neartholotep. Like I wrote that in my handwriting? Yes. I show it to everyone else. What does that all, mean? Who all? All who? Mr. Sterling mentioned that name That's, when he saw the yeah. tarot card. That's right. Wasn't well, okay. that kind of like one of... Oh, I don't know. Well, that story that you read to us... Um, no, the, the journal, didn't he say something about a whole bunch of different, were they deities or demons or? It's something like Kofintep or something like that. Yeah, Nefren Ka. Yeah. That's from the masked messenger, the, uh, yeah. the as opposed to the journal. Oh. Uh. Do I have, have it? Oh, sorry. You can go. I was gonna. I was just gonna say we have the name of a mambo. I catching up Dirk and Guy. We have the name of a mambo left in Doctor Northeast's notes and where to find her. If she's still alive. If she's still alive, but the the fortune teller. Th there was the implication that the mambos are kind of wrapped up, or a mambo would be wrapped up in this, not so much a target for it. I uh, I was talking to Mr. Sterling earlier. I keep remembering. I remember when he stepped into the mud. I remember mud. I remember dirt. I remember a kind of a murkiness. And I remember there being something that we needed to kill or destroy. 
or a lot of people were going to die, but I don't know what I'm talking about. That's alarming. Oh, I... Do you know that sounds really familiar? Just when you say that, just the idea of something that we have to destroy. Something that wants to kill us because we threaten it in some way? Do you think that something might be this cult? Maybe. It's, it's, it's just I can't seem to grab that. It, it's like a thought that's there, but you can't quite latch on to it, like a dream that you had maybe, last maybe night. It's, maybe it's that, that pool you were talking about. It's called but, Star Pool? Yeah, maybe we have. Maybe if we destroy the the pool, they they can't do the sacrifice. And all I know is that paper said we have what one day left before they sacrifice them. It would be. I thought today. it was the day after the. I thought it was the What's day more? after the first of the month. The first, the first of the month is when Fetgeed starts, and then it culminates the day after. And it implies that it's going to be the second of November when mm -hmm. the proverbial All Souls Day. Yeah. I thought it was the first. That's why. And tonight's the day before Halloween. Right. No, 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 no. Today's Halloween. Today Tomorrow's All Saints Day. The second's All Souls Day. I, this we, island we has must... me all screwed up. I don't even so, know what day it is. We must have already found. If we went up there, then we must have already found out where this star pool is, which means that if we just retrace our our steps and and find the right person we could we could find it again i think that we should get the american military involved in this does he trust you did he seem like he trusted you he uh, didn't seem too bad this time yeah no medwin uh i don't think he considers us an enemy maybe he considers us a liability I was just thinking, the military is kind of a machine. If, if we have soldiers with us and one of the soldiers is attacked, that's just going to bring more military. It's kill a soldier and more soldiers come. Like ants. That's the way it works. Well, it'll, it'll get out of our hands and it'll be in their hands to destroy whatever it is is in that pit. Well... Didn't it say to the northeast of something? The star pools were in the northeast of. That's up into the mountains. Are there, are there mountains? Oh, yes. Yeah, you're, you're pretty much in a, like a valley. You're surrounded right. by mountainous territory. So the, uh, the, his journal, how does that map onto the newspaper article about the dead Americans? That's the right place. Seems Look like it. Right territory. Yeah. I wonder if the dead American thing is still just a cover-up. Now, well, Dirk, or it's Jack's friends. Dirk, you said that that on what's his name O'Neill? No. Uh, O.S.I. Medwin. Medwin. Sorry, Medwin. You said he mentioned Senegal, right? He, uh, his people were talking about, yeah, your connection. 
but how it didn't look like his kind of hit. It looked like something. I I don't give personal. a shit anymore about anything or profits from this island. I'll give him Senegal. I could do that if I choose to. If they get my son, I I I'll stop all shipments to this island on the rebel side. Hypothetically, sure, sure. if I you, ever... you you can't imply that you're involved with Senegal. No, but I could tell them. I can ensure there will be no more shipments down here other than U.S. military and leave it at that. And I think it would be a mutual understanding. I don't think they'll leave it at that. I think if he can take the credit for taking control of Haiti, his career will blossom and I'll get and I'll be able to get my son back and it'll be a done deal. You know, I, as far as I can tell, Mr. Sterling, you have the choice of calling in your friends that you've been arming or calling on the American military who may or may not take us seriously. And in either case, it's assuming that we can, you know, again, what was you, there's something about a green pool with something in it? Star pool. Yeah, I mean, it sounds pretty. It's all pretty nutty. Except yeah. that we're Americans. He's already interested in what's going on. And we don't have to tell him that what's up there is a cult sacrificing thing. We can tell him it's the rebels. Exactly. They'll follow us up there with their military might. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, but but everything you read suggests that, that Jack is up there and so that's the you uh, don't really have a way back uh, ex, you know so we're uh, committed one way or another uh I don't know if we've been to our room, Guy. I'm going to... I've got the key. I'm going to go and see if there's any surprise in the room. What do we all get? You guys didn't them. find anything, right? When you Well, you don't know. Let's take a look around. Maybe the surprise is what... I don't know, then. It would have triggered just us and not you two. That's why, that's why it bothers me so much. It shouldn't... Nothing should be able to affect us all but at the same time. Amy wrote down, what What did you write down? What was your note? Were they all Nyarlathotep? Yeah. Yeah. If we were discussing, maybe we figured out what Nyarlathotep was together and it sent us back into... Maybe, maybe that's their cult. Maybe there's a key word. Something that we all get back together. We're sitting here discussing and we say the key word and our memories get erased hypnosis makes more time. sense than drugs uh what's the last thing in my pocket journal because i've been making entries and they're timed the last thing from you would have been the realistically the last entry that you put in there probably saying on the way back to the hotel all right and that's a half an hour ago or something Probably 
cut close to an hour because even though it's only a mile to uh, northeast bungalow from the hotel there's not really made much such thing as a direct route the the streets are quite labyrinthine that moving around here can be fairly difficult so an hour wouldn't be an unreasonable amount of time to have taken to get from there to here but i do not remember making that entry you or probably do don't I? remember that no okay yeah so there's i've got something i didn't remember writing too which means we're still awake and making decisions that then get erased yeah like your nearlet had up well if it is a keyword maybe we should write things down as we're conversing i wonder if anyone in the lobby spotted the two of you coming in like if you you must have looked kind of strange maybe like like you were in a daze or something maybe but it might be worth asking when we them. came in wouldn't we no but but if we think back to when o'neill came in he ran into us while ran up to the room while we were eating dinner and probably explained something that triggered all our memories. So if Dirk and Guy came in normally into the middle of our conversation and it triggered everything. Wait, I got a quick question. Is Mr. Sterling wearing a clean suit? No, he's not. Now that seems impossible. Why wouldn't we have changed your suit the minute we got back? Because it would have definitely been an hour or so before. What did we do for an hour? We seem to have all arrived at the same time here. And when I noticed that, I get up and I walk behind that little changing curtain thing that, and sorry, ladies, and I throw, <laughs> and I walk over to the window and I throw out this, you know, make sure the pockets are empty. And I literally, throw the suit out the window. Littering. Sometimes I'd like to put a bullet right through his head. Oh, well, I didn't say that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Except that he pays me $250,000 a year. <laughs> In 1930. <laughs> well, let's check our rooms. No. Uh, give me a luck roll as you throw the clothing out of the window. Uh, 66 out of 70. Okay. You, you throw it all down onto the street. Uh, I mean, there's there's not much happening out there. It's 10 o'clock at night. So and there's a few people passing by. Uh, as you throw it, it lands just in front of a, uh, of a guy that's passing down there. Uh, he looks down, a little bit perplexed looks back up at the uh, the window and you can see he's, he's kind of actually stands out a little bit uh, he actually looks more like he's uh, he's definitely not a local and um, probably middle eastern um, hey. he just picks up the uh, picks up the jacket or sizes it up picks up the trousers basically throws them over one shoulder and then just gives you a uh, you know a small salute and he heads off with it some I turn, O'Neill, some Arab just picked up my jacket. Well, then, uh, then I don't have to run down, grab it, and give it to charity. 
like you didn't want me to do. Because <laughs> you're an evil bastard. So, uh, it, as soon as you have uh, reclothed yourself, Mr. Sterling, uh, it, well, in the meantime, O'Neill, why don't you see if the bathroom mirror in this suite is all right? And then we can do a little run through and make sure that there aren't any, you know, hands nailed to the floor or broken windows. Right? Right, sounds like you're doing a once over all through the each of the three rooms. Uh, imagine the short montage sequence of doing a, uh, doing the search, looking over places, poking heads around the corner of the bathroom uh, door to see if there's anything lurking in there. It's a whole lot of nothing. Uh, no one has been disturbed or done anything or left any surprises in any of your rooms since you left. So the only good news we have so far is that uh, we haven't found an upside down devil card with extra eyes. Or bugs or tarantulas. <laughs> That's very true. I mean, yeah, no, the, I agree with you about the tarantulas, although those aren't really dangerous, are they? I like these things. I mean, well, it depends on if twenty of them or thirty of them bite you. Yeah. I mean, if I'm if I'm turning over a corpse, I'm gonna well, whatever. The, the guy know, pretty, pretty, pretty upset. He called them tarantulas, but they could have been banana spiders, and those are dangerous. Yeah, there are some nasty spiders out here in the warm waters. It's true. Uh, all right, so we're gonna try uh, to. It, is there a bar in the hotel? Never mind, doesn't matter. We're gonna try to turn in, get up in the morning, see the uh, howda huda mambo lady first thing, right? Mm -hmm. And then we'll know where to go. And that's gonna be the first of November, All Saints Day. Mm. And that we means we've got a timeline. I don't know how much stock we put into fortune tellers, but she did warn us about false prophets. So grain of salt, everything the Mambo tells us possibly. But it was like was a Mambo, that? a witch doctor or a shaman. I don't know. I, mm, I think it's a little different culturally than that. I mean, uh, Donna would probably know uh, if you wanted to give me a either an occult or an anthropology role, sure. I think uh, I think they're both actually the same. Uh, no, I failed that one unfortunately. Sixty-one instead of forty. Uh, you're you're aware of the term, but you don't know exactly what right. it means. Um, you're fairly sure though it's like a title of maybe respect or authority in some in some respect but again you'd, you'd need to um probably actually go to the library and check that kind of right. stuff up in uh, a book which does does maybe make you think back to that list mm. that you had that yes. you haven't followed up mm. on the library you lead yet might That's be true. worth looking into that tomorrow as well yeah indeed all right let's yeah. get some sleep then mm. okay and in which case then as night, well, night has already fallen, but each one of you drift off into oblivion, waiting for the next day 
that seems like a good place to leave it for tonight. Okay. Wonderful job. <laughs> Our That's players great. included Jason Melnichuk, Holly Buto, David Gasway, Mick Swan, John Dos Passos, and myself with Matthew Sanderson as the Keeper of the Secrets. We have a Discord server where you can chat with other members, you can set up private games, and you can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering. There's a link below. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with the show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answer any questions you might have. This is Tom Reilly, together with all the members of our gaming service, uh, our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck. Good day.